This is Dr. Benny Tate, and I would like to thank you for tuning in to this week's message at Rock Springs Church. Wherever you are, I hope this message encourages you and helps you grow in your walk with God. Here's this week's message from Rock Springs Church. I want to read a passage of scripture from, uh, from Acts chapter 10 and 38, and it says this. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and what, everybody? Power. That's right, and power. And he went around, what's those next two words? Oh, doing good. And healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. Would you just bow your heads and let's pray God's blessings. Lord, today we just bless you and we thank you for who you are. We thank you for the power of your word, oh God. And we thank you today that we're going to, Lord, we're going to get into your word and your word's going to get into us, oh God. It's going to make us better people today. We're not going to leave the way we came in Jesus' name. Today is going to be a day, oh Lord, that we remember because your word is going to speak to us. We thank you in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody shouted amen. 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 God bless you. You may be seated. You may be seated. As a pastor... I get asked this question many times, is how do I know my purpose in life? I wanna know my purpose, especially the, the younger generation is saying, I wanna know my purpose. Well, today I'm, I'm gonna share with you the purpose for your life. It's actually found in the scripture, it's found in Ephesians 2.10, and it says this, for we are God's There you go. What, let's try it again. For we are God's handiwork. See, that was your time to go. Handiwork. <laughs> Some of you are to just get up in the morning. You are just go look in the mirror and say, this is God's handiwork. <laughs> and boy, is he handy. <laughs> oh, that's right. For we are God's handiwork, the scripture says, created in Christ Jesus to, what's those next two words? To do good, to do good, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Did you hear that, everybody? You are created. God created you. He fashioned you. He designed you. And he had a purpose and a plan, and that purpose in your life is to do good works. God did not create you to, create you to do bad. He created you to do good. Matter of fact, there's two words. There's, no, there's two words that I want you to get today. And if you get these two words, we'll be good. Matter of fact, if you'll just help me with these two words today. And these two words are very powerful words. And these two words are do good. Would you help me? Would you say those words? Let's say them together. You ready? Come on. Do good. Come on. Say it with a little encouragement. Do good. Do good. That's right. We want to do good. That's the two words that we want to remember. In order to fulfill my purpose on life, God created me to do good, to do good, to do good. Now, the title of the message that you may have seen in your notes is how to have the best life. Because I believe if you will take the principles from God's word today and you will do them, then I believe your life can change. So I want to give you three things today from the opening passage that we had about the life of Jesus that's going to help us today for our lives to get better. And here they are. The first one is this. Number one is this. 
Number one is, is ask the Holy Spirit to fill you daily. We need the Holy Spirit. Amen, everybody? We need him to fill us daily. Matter of fact, the anointing, as we read about in Acts 10.38, the anointing is having God's presence and God's power available to you. And you need the Holy Spirit. The Bible says this in Acts 1 and 8. Look what it says. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You need the power of the Holy Spirit. You know why? Because with God's power and God's help, you can do good in the name of Jesus. But without God's power, without God's Spirit, you will do what you want to do, and you will do sinful things. Amen, everybody? Man, I, this gets all over me, my flesh. I've been a pastor for 28 years. I've been a Christian for almost 40 years, and still I struggle with my flesh. Like, I was driving down here this early morning, and a vehicle comes right in front of me on I-75. And listen, I've watched enough NASCAR to know how to put somebody in the wall. <laughs> and so this morning, I mean, like when that, when that happens this morning, it's like, okay, here we go. And then, then like the Holy Spirit says to me, Jeff, if you put them in the wall, you're going to be in jail. <laughs> and you won't get to preach to that great church, Rock Springs, today. You better just... Let Jesus take the wheel. <laughs> Amen, everybody? You know what I'm talking about? I have to have the Holy Spirit. I'll be, I'll be in trouble. Amen. I would have been arrested this morning. <laughs> it's amazing to me. You see, when the Holy Spirit works inside of you, when he works inside of you, you really can't see it. But other people around you notice it. Because you're changing from the inside out. You really don't realize what he's doing, but the other people around you are beginning to see that. They're like, man, something's different about you. I had a young lady uh, that I was going to meet with. A, a couple in my church, their daughter was getting married, and they asked me to perform the wedding. And I'd met the daughter like once or twice. So I said, oh, sure, but I'd like to sit down and have a meal with them and talk about their future. And so sure enough, Rhonda and I get to the restaurant and we go sit down. And all of a sudden, I see this young lady coming in with this look on her face. I'm like, man, she is mad. And her mother warned me that uh, she was graduating law school and that she was about to take the bar and that she was a lawyer. And I thought, man, that's the worst. That you do not want someone that's a mad lawyer meeting with you. Amen. <laughs> she comes and sits down to the table, and her fiancé sits down, and, and she looks across the table, and I'm like, hello. She's like, she didn't say hello back. She said, what did you do to my dad? I'm like, excuse me? She said, what did you do to my dad? I said, I said ma'am, I didn't do anything to your father. I promise I'm clean. <laughs> she says, before my dad started coming to your church, he didn't speak to anybody. He stayed to himself. And he sure didn't do any of this going to church stuff. But now, my dad, as you know, doesn't miss a Sunday. 
and my dad talks to everybody. My dad gets up early in the morning and he reads the Bible and he prays. He's a changed man. What did you do to my dad? I said, ma'am, I didn't do anything to your dad. The Holy Spirit has got inside of that man and he's changed your father. Just like he changed me and he's changed many of you in this room. Amen, everybody. The Holy Spirit can do what you cannot do. And other people see that. So every day, if you want to have a better life, you should ask the Holy Spirit, fill me today. Matter of fact, I tried to get up. Before I walked in on this stage, I said, you first, Holy Spirit. Go before me or I'll wreck somebody. <laughs> the second thing. Matter of fact, let's just say what our two words are. What are our two words, everybody? Oh, your neighbor forgot. Let's say them again. Do good, that's right, do good. Now see, you need that because many of you, some of you got in a fight on the way to church this morning. Don't look at them, I'll think it's you. <laughs> Number two, do good no matter how you feel. Do good no matter how you feel. Jesus was anointed with the Holy Spirit and he went around doing good and because of his goodness, that people recognized that he was from God. It was his good deeds that got people's attention, his, his miracles, all the things that he did for people that got people, everyone's attention. Now, I'm about to read you a verse that I don't like. You ever read the Bible and there's some verses in the Bible that you don't like? Well, this is one of those for me. I just don't like it. And let's just read it and see how you like it. Jesus said this, but I tell you who hear me. Would you read these next three words with me? See, I didn't even read them with you. I just didn't want to. <laughs> Let's read them again. You ready? Come on. Love your enemies. Love your enemies. Now, do you like that? I mean, I, my mind goes to the person that just blasted me on social media last week. It goes to that family member that when we have Thanksgiving, I can't stand to be around. Oh, you don't have any of those. <laughs> we call them EGR, extra grace required. Now, if you can't think of anybody, you may be it. What's our two words, everybody? Do good, that's right, do good. So Jesus says, love your enemies. Now, I struggle with that because in order for me to love them, I think, man, I don't even like them, Jesus. And, there, and when I would come to this passage for years, or when I'd come to read it, I just sort of skim over it because I couldn't do it. I'm like, God, I love, my, love my enemies. I, I really can't do that. I'm, I'm trying, God, but help me. I, I'm failing. I don't know what to do here. And I just skim over it because I couldn't do it because I didn't understand it. You see, the problem is, in our culture today, we don't know how to differentiate between love and like. Like is all about the feelings. Love is an action. Amen? See, let me illustrate it this way. I already told you I struggled with road rage. So let's say that, you know, I supposedly that, I, that you have just said something bad to me and you leave 
And I'm, I'm pulling out behind you in my car, too. And we just, you, you just said some horrible things to me. And we're leaving the meeting that we were at. All of a sudden, you're in an automobile accident. Your car is knocked over. It's turned, it's turned upside down. It's on fire. It's burning. And you're in it. And I'm behind you. If I just like you, guess what? You got what you deserve. <laughs> Because I'm saying my feelings right right now. I don't feel good toward you, so I'm not doing any, any good toward you because I don't feel it. But if I love you, if I love you, that means you just said some things to me and I don't like you at all right now. And you have an accident and your car's turned over. It's on fire. If I love you, I'm going to pull my car over. I'm going to go over and open up the door and I'm going to drag you out. Now, I may let the door hit you on the way out. but I'm going to get you out of the car. That's what love, that's the difference between love and like. You see, in our culture today, we have a hard time understanding about this love. Our culture today doesn't know what love is. Matter of fact, our songs, think about our love songs. They're nothing but lust songs, right? If you want my body and you think I'm sexy... Some of you said, that is enough of that. <laughs> See what I'm talking about? That's what we call love songs, everybody. It's not, it has nothing to do with love. It has everything to do with lust. And so what we've done is we've built a culture, a culture on saying that, that it's all about my feelings. But biblical love is not about a feeling. It's about an action. We're going to go back to the verse and look what Jesus said. He said this. Jesus said, but I tell you who hear me, love your enemies. And what's those next two words, everybody? Do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, and pray for those who mistreat you. In other words, he's saying it has nothing to do with a feeling. It's all about action. You can still do good to people who are doing bad to you, and that's what he said, is that you're going to do good no matter how you feel. Biblical love, here it is. Biblical love is doing good for another person no matter how I feel. That's love, everybody. That's why, that's why, listen, that's how, when the honeymoon's over, that's how you last. Amen, everybody. When the, when the, when the quiver in your liver is gone, and all you got is love, that means that I'm going to do good no matter how I feel. Amen, everybody. Look what the Bible says on the screen. 1 John 3 and 18. Dear children, let us not love with what, everybody? Or, but with and in truth. Did you see that? That's what biblical love is. But biblical love, biblical love is, is not about a feeling. It's about action. You see, and many people say, well, you know, this couple come to me and said, you know what, pastor? Said, I tell you what, me and my wife are here and we just don't love each other anymore. We just don't have the feelings for each other anymore. What should we do? I looked them right in the eye and I said, I'll tell you what you do. Love them. He said, oh, well, wait a minute. Pastor, you didn't hear what I said. I said that we don't love each other anymore. We don't have that same kind of feeling anymore. What should I do? I looked them in the eye and I said, love them. He said, what do you mean? I said, love them. You see, when you were dating and you had all those feelings, you know what you did? You did all the nice things. 
You did all the things. You prepared. You went out on dates. You did things together. You was always serving. You was always doing good for this person. See, what I, what I tried to show them, what I want to show you today is this, is that the loving feelings follow loving actions, everybody. Oh, did you, did you hear that? If you want those loving feelings, you've got to do loving actions. See, we want to feel it and then do it. But no, that's the world's way. But God's way says this. If you just keep doing good, you keep doing good, you keep doing those loving actions, you do those loving actions, you do those loving actions, and then guess what? Those loving feelings, those loving feelings come your way. Amen, everybody? What's our two words? Do good. Do good. Look what the Bible says. Acts 26, 20. Paul said, I preached first to those in Damascus, then in Jerusalem and throughout all Judea, and also to the Gentiles, that all must repent of their sins and turn to God and prove they have changed by the what, everybody? Good things they do. You know what we need in our world today? is people to quit demanding change and be the change. Amen, everybody? Yes. Stop saying somebody ought to. Somebody ought to do this. Somebody should do something about that. Somebody should do Somebody ought to. No, no. Stop oughting, and you start doing, and I'll start doing, and when we start doing good, guess what? The world will change. Amen, everybody? When you wake up in the morning, when you wake up in the morning, the first thing you should do is say, God, thank you so much. You've given me another day to live. Now, God, what good can I do today? What good can I do today? It will change everything, everybody. I have an illustration right here. I'm going to show you, but you're not ready for it yet, so let's, let's move on. <laughs> Number three. So we, first of all, remember we said we've got to be, ask the Holy Spirit to fill us every day. We're going to do good no matter how we feel. And number three is this, is that we are going to bring healing to those the devil is hurting. What's our two words, everybody? Oh, you get a little soft on me. What's, my two, what's our two words? Do good. That's exactly right. Do good. Do good. It was Jesus' good deeds, again, that brought healing to people that were being hurt by the devil. And so many people are hurting today. Would you agree with that? Many of you in this room right now are hurting. Many of you that are watching online and are at the other campuses are hurting. And I want to tell you that today we have to change that. Look what the Bible says in Matthew 5. He says this. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on the stand and it gives light to everyone in the house in the same way. Let your light shine before men, that they may see your what, everybody? Your good deeds. What's our two words, everybody? Do good. And praise your Father in heaven. It is the good that we do that removes the scales from people's eyes. And when you're a Christian, when you're a Christ follower, and you do good, people don't see you, they see your God. That's why it's hard to be a witness for Jesus if you're acting crazy and doing stupid things. Amen, everybody? But when you do good, it changes everything. Now, look at the next verse with me, Romans 12, 18. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, 
Live at peace with everyone. Now notice that. It's not possible to live with some people because they're just not going to let you be at peace. Amen? As far as it depends on you, that means this. They may go on social media and they may wear their thumbs out talking about how bad you are. But you don't retaliate that way. Amen? You go meet with that person, that person in person. He goes on and says this. Watch this. Do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, in other words, don't do what everybody else is doing. If your enemy is hungry, what should you do, everybody? What's our two words? Do good. That's what we do. He goes on and says this. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. What's our two words? Do good. That's exactly right. In doing this, you will heat burning coals on his head. Watch this. Here we go. This is what we've been waiting for. Do not be overcome by what, everybody? Evil. evil. Would you agree that evil is all around us all the time? Yes. Amen. It's all, it's there at all of our hands. It's all the time. But look what he says. But overcome evil with? So either you're going to be, we're in a world that the evil is everywhere, so either you're going to be overcome, it's going to overwhelm you, it's going to overtake you, or either you're going to overcome evil, and the way that you overcome evil is by doing good. It's amazing to me to watch people in relationships, husband and wives, boyfriend and girlfriends, get mad at each other, and one of them says, you know what? Well, you know what? You were, you were rude to me, so therefore I'm not going to speak to you for a week. Now, let me ask you something. How is healing supposed to happen? When you, when you return evil for evil, it just drives a wedge further. But if you would say, you know what? You were rude to me. I'm going to give you a little bit of grace, and I'm going to bless you today. I'm going to let you sleep in our bed tonight. Because <laughs> that couch had your name all over it. That's a little bit into Jeff and Rhonda's world. If evil is a devil's venomous, venomous poison, then doing good is God's anti-venom. If the world's if the world, if the evil is the world's plan to take us down, God's plan is doing good to take us over. If the world's plan, if the world's plan is evil to break us down, then God's plan is doing good to have a breakthrough. Amen, everybody. It's doing good. Are you ready for this? Yeah. All right, all right, here we go. You've been wondering what's in here, right? Is anybody scared of snakes? I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. I had about 10 people running for the door. I would have been behind you, by the way. I have right here in this container some ping pong balls. And this ping pong balls represent evil. Bad things. And listen, in our world today, our world is full of bad things. But not just in our world in general, in our homes, there's bad things that happen as well. If there was no bad things happening, then we would never have any arguments. So it's in our homes, it's in our world, it's in our community. And so we have to do something. 
Because the Bible says if we don't do something, we're going to be overcome with evil. It's going to overcome us. And this is our life, and this is our community, and it seems like we're overwhelmed. And it seems like in our country right now, everybody's shaking, man. What are we going to do? It looks like the world is, is going backwards. It's going to the devil. What are we going to do? And I'll tell you what we're going to do. This water represents good. It represents good. And so today, when I don't know what to do, what am I going to do? I'm going to do good. I'm going to do good. And you know what the problem is? Is that you're, many of you sitting here right now, you're getting, you're like, yeah, I can do that. I can do good. And the problem is you're, saying, you're arguing with me right now. You're saying, Jeff, I hear what you're saying, but I've already tried that. You know, you know I, try, I tried picking up my socks three days in a row and she still was aggravated at me. I actually, I actually fixed him a meal two days in a row and he still was grumpy. The teenager says, I actually cleaned my room up last month and they still are in my, in my grill. The problem is we start doing good, but we stop. You see, many of us have started, but we stop. Many of you have said, I prayed before, but it didn't do any good. It did good, you just couldn't see it. You didn't hang with it long enough. Amen, everybody? And so what's, what's our two words, everybody? What should I do to overcome evil? What's our words, everybody? What's our words, everybody? Oh, we got something happening now. Woo! I want to show you something. Watch this, watch this. This is so important. When you start doing good, look what rises to the top evil. In other words, what I mean by that is that sometimes things get worse before they get better. Come on, somebody. Sometimes, sometimes you start doing good and things get worse and the devil is saying, oh, it's bad. You can't do it anymore. And many times we stop before the breakthrough happens. But I've come to Rock Springs today to tell somebody, you don't stop right now. Yes, I know you've tried doing good one time, maybe two times, and you stopped. Don't you stop again, amen? No, no, no. What, what are our two words, everybody? What are our two words? What are our two words? Do good, do good, do good, do good, do good, do good. Look at that. When you don't know what to do, you keep doing good. When you have no clue, you do good. You just keep doing good, and God gives you a breakthrough. And you say, oh, Jeff, that's wonderful, but we still got a problem. Yeah, there's five problems right there. I had 100, but ain't it amazing? God can help you with all those other problems, but as long as you still got four or five, you still got, oh, I got problems. No, look what God just delivered you from. And many people want to stop doing good because they still got a few problems. Let me tell you something. When, you, when you've done all the good you can to all the people you can, all the time you can, you just hold on because God, the Holy Spirit, will... Look at, look at, look at that. God Almighty, will, He'll come in and change your situation. He'll do what you can't do. He'll do the good you can't do. Good God Almighty, He's with you and for you. I want you to know that God will help you. Amen, everybody.
Hallelujah! Yes, yes, yes! Yes, yes, yes! I'm telling you that you're going to do good, and 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 God's going to win the victory in your life. You're going to see the Holy Spirit do what you cannot do. Amen, everybody. Hallelujah. Come on, stand with me, everybody. At our campuses. Let me tell you this. Love that does no good is no good. Mm, good God Almighty. Love that does no good is no good. I'm going to tell you this story as we close. There was a man by the name of A.W. Millen who was a missionary back in the 1800s. He was a part of a group that was called the One-Way Missionaries. And right now, we're missionaries in our world. Amen, everybody. Every one of us are missionaries. This special group was called the One-Way Missionaries because when they got on their ship in the 1800s, they would set sail to an island never to come back. That's why instead of packing a suitcase, they packed their belongings in a coffin because they knew they'd be buried there. And A.W. Millen was going to the South Pacific, to the Hybrides. And, and everybody else that had been there, every missionary, as soon as they got off the boat, they killed them. The natives killed them. It was called a white man's graveyard. But he felt that God wanted to do a work in those people's lives. So as he arrived, preparing to die, but determined to do good, no matter how they treated him. He went off of that ship and he began immediately just trying to do good for those that he met. And God Almighty gave him favor. The leaders, the tribal leaders, they, they, had, they gave him favor, they didn't kill him. And he was able to begin to spread the gospel from one island to the next island, to the next island, to the next island until finally all of the islanders believed in Jesus Christ. After 35 years of missionary work, he died of natural causes. They brought his body to the center of the island, the main island. They buried him there. And they all gathered around and they had a tombstone placed there, a marker. And this is what the islanders wrote on that marker. Before he came, there was only darkness. But when he left, there was only light. I want you to know that's what's gonna be said about Rock Springs Church and about your life. Before they came, there was only darkness. But because you came, there's only light now. Thank you for joining us for this week's message from Rock Springs Church. If you would like more information about Rock Springs, 
be sure to follow us on social media or connect with us at rockspringsonline.com. Join us right here next week for another message from Rock Springs Church.